Hey, what's up, nerds? Jake Steele here. This is the Iron and Steel podcast. Thank you guys so much for joining me. And uh, we're going to do something just a little bit different this week. Uh, Here's what the circumstances are. I'm currently at the Oregon coast. I came out here a couple of days to kind of take a little break. And um, I meant to go back home this morning or had planned on being back home this morning and uh, decided to stay a couple of extra days. So what that means is I did not come fully prepared to record a full-blown podcast episode on the fly. So I don't have a uh, traditional story to share with you guys this week. And uh, instead, what we're going to do is I'm going to use this opportunity to catch up on uh, some of the Q&A questions that I have not gotten to in previous podcast episodes. So if you're new here, this is a weekly podcast every Tuesday morning. Um, Fresh article on the website, which is ironandsteel.com and a fresh podcast here. Uh, Normally, I'm telling stories that are submitted by you guys, the listeners and readers. And um, then at the end of every episode, we do a QA. and a I get a lot of questions, comments, topics coming through via um, private message or direct message on Instagram or via email or whatever. So um, I do my best to get to every one of them every week as they come through. But uh, inevitably, there's always time constraints or whatever, uh, or sometimes I'll save one for next week and then I'll forget and I won't get to it. So I've got probably 12 or 15 questions here or comments or whatever from previous weeks and months, even to be honest with you. So I've got them here in my notes on my phone. I'm going to, we'll just go through those and then, uh, yeah, it may be just kind of a quickie, uh, this week, but, uh, I wanted to make sure to get something recorded for you guys. That's what kills 99% of these podcasts guys figure out it's a bunch of work and it's tedious and it's time consuming or they're on vacation and they go, well, we'll just skip this week or whatever. And yeah, before you know it, people are kind of forgetting all about it because uh, they're not posting frequently. And so at the beginning of this, I vowed that uh, this would be a weekly podcast. And with only one exception over the last year, uh, it has been a weekly podcast. And uh, you guys have really seemed to enjoy it, really seemed to have enjoyed it. And so, uh, yeah, I didn't want to leave you guys hanging this week. So I wanted to get something down and uh, we'll jump back to our regular format next week. Uh, which is story and then uh, just a quick Q&A. So uh, two things. Number one, uh, please make sure you're subscribed on the website. Ironandsteel.com is the site. All of these stories are there published as traditional articles with uh, photos and all that good stuff. So please make sure you're subscribed there. Uh, and then click follow or subscribe, whatever the case is, on this podcast as well. And uh, yeah, that's that. Second thing, I uh, yesterday I read on the Jalopy Journal that Al Drake passed away. And uh, if you guys don't know who Al Drake is, um, sort of a local legend, at least in the Pacific Northwest. He was a, uh, a writer. He's published tons of books. Even if you're not from here and don't know Al Drake, you probably have heard the name and seen you know some of his books. He's probably I probably have a half a dozen or so of his books. I don't know how many he actually sat down uh, and wrote, but it was quite a few. And uh, super talented writer. Um, 
photographic memory and one of those guys that just sort of just remembered everything from his younger years and uh, fortunately took the time to write it down. So he wrote a bunch of books, a bunch of great stories. Um, and yeah, anyway, he passed away. He was actually, a most people don't know this, but uh, a pretty prolific writer across several genres. He didn't just write about car stuff. Uh, he was a professor and, um, I don't know, probably a genius. I didn't know him super well, but uh, prolific writer, all-around interesting guy. And uh, yeah, so I was sad to hear that. I do have an Al Drake story. And uh, like I said, I, I didn't know him well, but uh, Al Drake has always been a private guy. And uh, in his later years, you know, I don't know if he started to... You know, I don't want to, this to be a negative thing, but I don't know if he started to decline or what the deal was, but it seemed like he was getting more reclusive in his older age, uh, I guess is probably the best way to put it. So <clears throat> long story short, uh, I didn't know him well, but uh, I would drive by his house occasionally uh, to try to catch him and maybe engage him in conversation, whatever. So. Uh, that never happened, but I did meet him at swap meets and things like that and have brief conversations with him, but I didn't know him well. Still, I would drive by his house uh, if I was in his neighborhood and try to catch him. I never did. Anyway, long story short, um, there was a, uh, on the backside of his house uh, was his shop, and then beyond that shop was an alley. And uh, between the shop and his property and the alley was a chain link fence, and pretty near the chain link fence, like almost right up against it, sat for a long time, a 32 Ford five window coupe body. And it just sat there like on the ground or on a pallet or something. <clears throat> and it was always covered in a tarp, but I knew what was under there. I forget who told me what it was, but uh, I always knew what it was. So I would, um, I would drive by and just check on it, check on him, see if I could catch him and just talk to him. So one day, uh, probably five or six years ago, I'm driving, doing my typical deal. Uh, I drive by, I don't see him. I drive through the alley to see if he's out back. And I notice that the tarp has, I guess, blown off of this 32 Ford coupe body. And it's just sitting there like in the wind, <laughs> like it's, you know, clear as day, just sitting right next to this chain link fence. This is like a little house in like a decent-ish neighborhood in Southeast Portland, but you know, it's just sitting there in plain view. And so anyway, uh, I go and knock on the door, which I had never really done before, I don't think. Of course he doesn't answer. So I go back to my truck and I write a little note and the note says, uh, hey, I thought you should know. Uh, it seems the tarp is blown off of that coop body back there and uh, I forget exactly what I said, but I, I thought you should know so you can get it covered back up so nothing, you know, happens to it essentially or whatever. <clears throat> so I read this note and at the bottom I put, you know, if you need a hand or anything, um, you know, just give me a holler. Put my info and I don't think he knew me or knew who I was or anything. So put my name, put my phone number and just said, hey, if you need a hand, getting it covered back up, uh, give me a call. No problem. So I walk up to this house and uh, it's a little bungalow type deal. And I walk up the steps and uh, there's one of those mailboxes where it's like a 
the mailbox is attached to the house and it's like flat and it's got a like a flap or a lid on the top and so I kind of like wedge the note in the door of the mailbox thing. He doesn't answer the door, so I shove the note in the mailbox and uh, walk off. And I get back in my truck and shut the door and I start my truck and I look up <laughs> and I see his front door just creak open, maybe like four inches. And I see his arm, just his arm come out, like just from the elbow. <laughs> this arm pivots out reaches over grabs the note and snatches the note and <laughs> snatches the note pulls it back in slams the door i'm like okay like obviously he was in there of course he didn't answer but so uh anyway snatches the note and so i sit there for a minute and i'm like well shit maybe he'll maybe he'll call you know anyway he never called i drove by like two months later the tarp was still off of the car and it was what it was but uh, yeah I'll never forget that just this little arm coming out the door and just snatching that note slamming the door shut <laughs> fucking awesome but uh, anyway yeah I was sorry to hear that Aldrake passed away uh, yeah I wish I could have known him better uh, very few people it seems like really did uh, he kind of had his little circle and uh, beyond that was uh, a pretty private person, but uh, certainly a loss for the Hot Rock community. So, yeah, sorry to hear about that, Al Drake passing away. Uh, all right. Anywhoozle, let's just fucking jump right into these uh, questions here, and then uh, we'll say our goodbyes. Yeah, super simple this week. We're just going to do some Q&A. All right, here we go. Let's just jump right in. What the fuck? Uh, first question was, what is the year cutoff for the estranged drag show? <clears throat> I think we set it at 64. Uh, it's either 64 or 5. Uh, the deal is, I think it's 64. Last year, and probably the year before, we did make a few exceptions if the car was like insane and just like a year or two past the quote cutoff or whatever. But um blanket statement 64 is the cutoff and it's got to be a um you know it's got to be a traditional a real deal appearing um race car or hot rod traditional hot rod drag race car or whatever but it needs to be pretty era specific and uh look like something that could have came out of the 50s or 60s uh in order to attend with almost no exceptions. Like I said, we did make a couple of exceptions last year and the year before um, because the cars were exceptional and uh, just happened to be like a year or two, quote, too new um, to make the cutoff. But uh, yeah, pre-64, I think is where we said it. Um, if there's any question, uh, just shoot me a photo and I can tell you. Uh, anyway, you need to send a photo in any situation just because we we have to approve the cars anyway. So uh, if you have a question, just send it through and uh, I can tell you whether or not it fits. But uh, pre-64 is the um, cutoff in generic terms. Uh, this was a comment. It says, you need to do a better job promoting this podcast. <laughs> you need to do a better job promoting this podcast. Everyone should know about it. As far as, <laughs> as, far as car podcasts go, this is the best one going. Uh, I don't know about that necessarily, but uh, 
I appreciate it. And I literally don't know. I don't listen to really any podcasts at all. Uh, if I do, it's not car related. I see guys promoting their, you know, car hot rod podcasts and things here and there. Uh, I've never really listened to any of them. I'm sure there's some that are great, but uh, yeah, most of them seem to be the traditional host, uh, guest, back and forth interview thing. And uh, that's not what this is. This is uh, pretty simple. I'm just telling hot rod stories. Most of the time, they're your stories. And uh, I think it's fun and super fucking interesting. And uh, a lot more fun than two jagoffs sitting there smoking cigars and drinking whiskey and, you know, pretending like they're Joe Rogan or something. Uh, it's just seems like there's enough of those. And uh, I wanted to do something a little bit different. And uh, yeah, I'm rambling, but uh, thank you for the nice comment. And I do need to do a better job promoting this podcast. The deal is for me, the stakes are low. I'm not trying to be Joe Rogan. I'm not trying to, you know, like I don't make any money doing this. That's not my intent. It's just supposed to be fun. And uh, maybe that's why it is fun because it's been low key. But uh, you're right. I do need to do a better job promoting the podcast. Uh, You can help with that yourself Uh, tell your friends and family repost the stuff on social media when i post it share the links to the website to specific articles to the site or to the podcast uh yeah that's the deal all right um the next question was will you be at bonneville this year yes i'll be at bonneville Uh, i'll probably bring a car the best case scenario is uh that i drive a car i'd like to drive that little uh, 32 with the Hemi in it, the little douche coupe. Uh, that's the plan anyway. I'm still working out bugs. I know there's plenty of time between now and Bonneville to get everything squared away. And, uh, yeah, that's the plan. So, uh, I will be at Bonneville one way or the other and, uh, hopefully with a car. Uh, the next question was, what's your opinion on Kobe's coupe? Uh, I've been asked this before. This is the, uh, I don't know, 33 or 34. I don't remember exactly what it, what year it is. Um, 33 or 34, five window coupe uh, that just came out like a couple of months ago. That's over the top, built by South City, uh, over the top car with a really unique paint job on it. Um, yeah, caused quite a stir. People really hate it or they love it. And uh, I'm in the love it camp. I. For somebody to have balls that big to to do something that different and just that far out there, even if you don't like how it looks or don't like what it is for, for some reason, you have to respect the fact that they did it. Uh, and for me, it's both. I, I actually think the car is great. I think it looks awesome. Um, and I have a lot of respect for uh, those guys doing it. So yeah, I love it. You, you really do either love it or hate it. And, uh, I don't know. I just feel like the guys that hate it are just kind of, I don't know, jealous maybe, or armchair critics that, uh, it just seems like most of the guys that I hear grumbling or talking shit about that car don't have a fucking car one of their own to begin with. So, you know, usually the harshest critics are, um, you know, those types of guys that uh, just want to shit on everyone else. Even if I didn't like the car, which I do, 
uh, I would have a tremendous amount of respect for those guys for doing it. And uh, yeah, long story short, I think it's fucking killer. And hopefully it inspires more people to sort of think outside the box. And uh, yeah, maybe we'll see some more cars come out that aren't just uh, all black, you know, 32 roadsters or, you know, whatever. Nothing against black 32 roadsters, but uh, we've seen a few. Uh, the next question was, uh, I've been loving the Dale Matthews stories. <laughs> I've been loving the Dale Matthews stories. Would you ever consider, would you ever consider interviewing him on this podcast? He seems like quite a character. Uh, not the first time I've received that question. Um, Dale Matthews is, he is quite the character. Super guy, really funny. Uh, interesting guy with a billion stories to tell. He's been around for a million years. Um, for those of you that don't know what this person's talking about, uh, last week's episode, I think it was, and an episode two or three weeks before that, I read uh, a couple of stories written by a guy named Dale Matthews. Um, Dale's a kind of another one of the like local legend types around here. He's been around forever. Uh, he buys and sells antique cars. That's the only thing he's ever done. And uh, he's bought and sold tens of thousands of cars. And uh, yeah, collected a lot of uh, stories along the way. And he wrote a book. The book's called Every Deal's Different. And uh, I've been reading sporadically stories out of that book. And people seem to really love it. And uh, yeah, for those of you that don't know Dale, he's a super guy. Um, very energetic and like, you know, wakes up with a purpose. He's got to be in his 80s. Uh, mid 80s I'm guessing but uh, probably works harder than most of us combined uh, on any given day wakes up with a purpose you know he's one of those guys I'm sure he's up at five o'clock in the morning and getting shit done no matter what uh, but Dale's a super guy he wrote down a bunch of his uh, stories published them in a book called every deal's different I've been reading some of those stories and uh, people seem to really like it uh, will I do an interview with Dale I don't know the answer to that just because uh, I really for now at least want to stick with this format um, and kind of stay away from the interviews just because it seems like it's there's just too many out there already doing that so for now I'm just going to stick to uh, just going to stick to reading hot rod stories if I were to consider switching gears a little bit and doing a more traditional uh, host and guest interview scenario Dale Matthews would be definitely at the top of uh of that list of people to interview so um the next question was where did the truck from sometimes they come back go <clears throat> sometimes they come back was a two-part story i wrote um i don't know a year ago maybe um they've been podcast episodes i don't know how far back but a few dozen episodes back uh, where did that truck go? It was sold to a local guy. He actually only lives just a few miles away from me, a couple miles really. Uh, and the way that came about was, well, I outlined it in the story, but uh, I was sitting, or maybe I didn't. I didn't get that part in the story because this happened afterward, but uh, I still owned the truck at the time that I wrote those stories. But uh, I did eventually sell it. I was actually at a coffee shop and I was in my 36 Phaeton, which coincidentally I bought from Dale Matthews, who I was just talking about. <clears throat> I was in my 36 Phaeton, J 
just pulling out and this guy frantically runs up to the window, throws his arms, like his elbows over the tops of the door, doors, and like leans in the car and goes, do you want to sell this car? I said, no, you know, like, oh, it's just a beautiful car. And he, you know, carrying on about the Phaeton and all this stuff. And I go, no, not this one. I'm sorry. And he goes, well, do you have any cars you would want to sell? I like to buy old cars. I said, well, sure. So long story short, he was over a couple days later. And yeah, the only thing I had that I really even would consider selling at the time was that Model A truck. And long story short, he bought that thing. And uh, I actually towed it to his house for him, um, dropped it off. And I don't think he's ever driven it. I had to show him how to drive a Model A. He had no idea. He just liked it. I think he just had some money burning a hole in his pocket wanted something to buy ended up with that truck because he thought it was cute and uh that was that he probably had 15 or 20 cars i think uh in his shop he had a big beautiful shop and yeah just one of those quirky guys that like has some money and wants to buy things that catch his eye and uh he bought that truck i don't think he's ever driven it <clears throat> the next question was you mentioned in a previous podcast being disappointed in the portland swap meet yes i did uh, I've always heard that it, I've always heard that it's awesome, but I've never been. It's on my bucket list, but hearing you say that was kind of disappointing. And now I'm not sure if I should even bother. Um, yeah, in one of the podcast episodes that I recorded right after this last year's Portland swap meet, I did kind of, you know, rag on the swap meet a little bit just because, it was pretty underwhelming this last year. The year before, it seems to get progressively worse, at least in my opinion. It gets progressively worse every year, less and less actual hot rod stuff, more and more bullshit. Um, you know, four by four stuff, uh, just garbage. People selling fucking straight up garbage. Tents of like, you know, guys are selling axe handles and sockets and tie down straps it's like it's more like a, a huge flea market now um and that's not to say it's a total bust don't get me wrong i know tons of guys that come up from california and uh, they come up every year and they don't have anything negative to say and they make off with a great haul of parts and have a great time and so maybe i was just being overly critical because i was pretty disappointed this last year um, but yeah, it's certainly not what it was. That being said, it's still worth attending. Uh, there are still hot rod parts there. Don't get me wrong. It's just, uh, if you would have seen what it was 10, 15 years ago, uh, you'd shit. Because it's, it's nothing like it was then. And that's just the reality of it. But that's probably not just the Portland swap meet. It's kind of probably across the board, I would guess. Uh, it's a trend I've been noticing with, you know, old car swap meets for quite a while. Portland swap meets, no exception. Uh, I was pretty disappointed this last year in how straight up fucking rude uh, the staff was. Like almost literally every person I encountered that was a member um, of the staff at the Portland swap meet was just going out of their way to be exceptionally rude to whoever they were talking to screaming at people slow the fuck down i'll kick your fucking ass out of here just like uncalled for 
and uh, not just one or two, like literally almost every fucking person uh, that I witnessed having some sort of encounter or back and forth with a member of the public or a vendor was just straight up fucking rude. Myself included, I got into all sorts of just like bullshit. You know, I brought a gator down there, which is, you know, like a the one that I have is a golf cart on steroids. Basically it's a, it looks like a kind of a, like a UTV or whatever. It's got a bed on it and everything, but that tilts and it's for farm work. I use it around my house, you know, hauling leaves or whatever. And, uh, I brought it down there and did all the stuff and I'm driving it around and it's gas powered, but it's not fast. And it's not like, it's not like a fucking dune buggy or anything. It's small. It's the size of a golf cart cart just uh, a little bit taller just a tiny bit it's not even four-wheel drive and uh this guy just absolutely fucking lost his mind I'm, I'm driving it around all weekend and i'm going two miles an hour you know abiding by all the rules and uh i've passed a bunch of people that you know over the course of several days that worked for the swap meet and uh just as nobody said anything and then just this one guy like stops me stands in front of the cart tells me take it the fuck outside I go what do you mean he's pointing to the gate meanwhile I'm like at the opposite end of the racetrack from where my booth is I mean I'm a mile away from where my truck trailer that I hold that thing in on all that shit my booth everything I'm a mile from it and he's pointing to the gate that's like 10 feet away and he goes take it the fuck outside I go what are you talking about this is an off-road vehicle. It's not allowed. Take it outside. Get the fuck out of here. I mean, literally just like that. And so finally, long story short, <laughs> I just told him, call the cops or get the fuck out of my way because, you know, this is after like 15 or 20 minutes of him standing there with his arms folded saying, hey, you're not going anywhere but out that, that outside that gate. Get out of here. I'm kicking you out. Just like, fuck you, dude. Call the cops or fucking move. And eventually he said, all right, well, fine, but go back to your deal and put that on the fucking trailer and don't ever let me catch you. It's just like absolutely rude, a total prick. I wasn't doing anything wrong, uh, just driving along a mile an hour and uh, just lost his fucking mind and was a total prick about it. So lots of experiences like that. And uh, yeah, it was it was a disappointment, not gonna lie. That said, <laughs> Now that I've railed about how much it sucks, uh, it's not that it sucks. It's just not the way that it used to be. It's still pretty good. If you've never been, you should go. Now that I've given that rave review. <laughs> uh, next question was, it just says, Rat Rod or Steampunk? You can only choose one. Uh, I choose death. I don't know. <laughs> Neither for me. Thank you. Uh, this was funny. Tell us your best joke fucking random uh okay my best joke uh so every day a uh this lady walks to work she passes by a pet store and uh one day she's walking by the pet store and she hears this uh this voice and a whistle and it's like hey lady come over here and she looks and she hears it again lady come over here so she gets a little closer and she sees that there's a parrot in a cage outside the door of this pet shop 
And she goes, huh, a talking parrot. This is great. How you doing, buddy? And he goes, come here. So she walks up to the cage and gets real close. And he goes, you are so ugly. She storms off. Oh, can't believe this. Gets all mad. In a huff, storms off. Next day, same thing. She's walking down the sidewalk. Next morning, she hears it again. Hey, lady, come here. So she storms over there and she goes, Yes? And he goes, You are so ugly. Same thing. She's all pissed off. Can't believe it. She's in a huff. Fucking takes off. Storms off to work. Has a shitty day. Next thing. Next day, same thing. Lady, come over here. She storms over there and she goes, what? And he goes, you are so ugly. This continues for three, four days. Finally, one morning she's walking. Parrot whistles at her, says, come over here. She storms right past the parrot, walks into the store and goes to the owner and says, just reads him the riot act. You've got a parrot out there and he's insulting me every morning. He calls me ugly and I'm so sick of it. And if you don't handle it, you're going to have some serious trouble because I'm through with this. And the guy says, lady, I'll have a talk with him. You'll never have to worry about it again. So she storms off. Next day, same thing. Lady, come over here. Crosses the street. She storms right up to him. She goes, what? The parrot says, you know. Huh? Huh? Joe Hickenbottom actually told me that joke. Uh, and I think his wife, I think it came from her. I don't know where she heard it, but uh, yeah, definitely an old man joke. And uh, I don't know. I've always thought it was funny. There you go. That's why I'm a podcast guy and not a comedian guy, I guess. Uh, what's the latest on the Little Douche Coop? That's the 32 uh, that I just got done with the uh, baby Hemi in it. Um, yeah, I've been working on it. Uh, had some axle seal leaks, and then uh, I wasn't happy with the brakes, so I bought a uh, I bought a Bowling Brothers uh, backing plate or uh, Lincoln uh, Bowling Brothers brake kit for it for the front. So I'm working on that. I'm drilling out the backing plates, putting some holes in them to kind of dress them up a little bit. And uh, yeah, that's what I'm hoping to take to Bonneville, but. Uh, We'll see. I've probably only put 70 or 80 miles on that car up to this point, And then the axle seal started leaking and I shoved it into the corner of the shop. And, you know, it's blocked in and now it's on jack stands. Anyway, axle seal's done. I've got to slap the brakes on there. Then I'm going to go put some more miles on it. And uh, yeah, that's the status. Uh, it's a work in progress, I guess you can say. But uh, I do hope to take it to Bonneville this year, but we'll see. Uh, the next thing says, oh, have you seen the ripoffs of your fuck politics t-shirt? Uh, I've seen three or four versions of them. Yeah, I have, uh, about once a month, somebody sends me a link or a, uh, whatever you call it, like, a. they'll screenshot it or they'll at me or whatever on someone's post. And it'll be like a Walmart version of my t-shirt. It'll be like stupid looking font and yeah. It'll say the same thing. Fuck politics. Let's build hot rods. And guys are out there peddling those. And 
So yeah, I have seen probably, I've probably seen 10 or so different people rip that off and sell their own version of it. I used to get really pissed about it, but uh, now I'm just like, you know what? Fuck these guys. Like, who cares? You know, some of them even follow me on like social media and stuff. And uh, I'll go on their page and look and see and they're, yeah, they're ripping my shit off and posting it on there. So sometimes I'll, uh, I'll block them or whatever. And now I don't even care. It's like, go ahead, do whatever the fuck you want. I don't care if you want to kiss your dad on the lips and rip off my t-shirts more power to you but uh the next question is are you a hobbyist or a professional builder uh i'm a hobbyist at best and in most cases uh if there's something that i'm uncomfortable with or that i don't know about i have no problem um farming it out or uh in a lot of cases just leaning on uh friends that i have that are a lot more talented uh, builders than I am by far and uh, I've got some great friends some really wildly talented friends and um, yeah I've been very fortunate that way to have them at my disposal I am not a professional hot rod builder by any stretch uh, I'm a tinkerer and a, a hobbyist I guess as you put it in that question so no I uh, definitely not a professional builder don't claim to be one never have been one never will be one I just like old cars and uh, yeah, like to play with them. I can, you know, I can put stuff together. Don't get me wrong, but uh, I'm not by any stretch a professional hot rod builder. The next question was, what kind of horsepower is the Hemi in your coupe making? So that's the little douche coupe I was just talking about. Um, you know, that's a Dodge Red Ram, so it's a baby Hemi. It's a 270. Uh, I think it's 30 over, if I remember right. I'm still waiting for the, I guess, the build sheet <clears throat> from the son of the guy who built it that uh, passed away. Um, you know, that motor is pretty pumped up. It's probably 10 and a half to 1. Uh, it's definitely got a cam. It's got a lot of stuff done to it. Uh, you know, that said, I would be surprised if you know, it's probably 275 horsepower, really. I mean, I would be surprised if it were 300. They just, you know, they don't make a ton of horsepower. It's just a small displacement Hemi. It's not, uh, you know, when I was at Trog <laughs> a few months ago, a lot of a lot of guys were like, oh, don't line up next to him. He's got a Hemi. It's like, fuck, he's got a Hemi, you know? And it's, it's like, dude, this is a this is a baby Hemi. It's like... 270 cubic inches or just a little over uh, it's not a big deal it's like a torquey chevy 265 basically is all it is so uh it's a fun little car it rips pretty well but uh it's like hot rod fast it's not race car fast by any stretch so you know how many horsepower i haven't dynoed it but uh i would guess it's probably 275 to 290 horsepower that would be my guess so yeah, maybe surprising to hear that, but uh, they don't put out a huge amount of horsepower. They've got good torque. They run really well. Uh, this ran a lot better when it had a had a single 600 uh, Holly carburetor on it when uh, when I broke it in. But uh, yeah, it's a good running motor. It's not gonna win every drag race in the whole world, but uh, yeah, it's a lot of fun. So less than 300, I'm sure. Uh, the next question and. We'll just, uh, 
we'll just address this one and then we'll say our goodbyes. But the last question was, um, do you have any plans to work with East Bay again on any future projects? <clears throat> um, I would sure love to. East Bay Speed and Custom, super guys. Brandon's become a great friend. Uh, everybody there is awesome. And in my opinion, they're doing, they're pumping out some of the best work uh, that there is, period. Uh, definitely producing some of the most beautiful, timeless, classic, just gorgeous, uh, traditional hot rod and custom cars. Um, I've always said you can tell a Trent Sherrill photo when you see it just at a glance because Trent Sherrill's photos have a certain look and you can just tell. Um, to me, it's the same thing with East Bay Speed and Custom and a car that they've put together. So if I'm walking through a show or scrolling through Instagram, um, if I, I can just tell, I just at a glance, East Bay put that car together, period. So yeah, they're putting out some of the best work. Um, they did the chop on my blue car, did a fantastic job. It's the best looking chop on a 36 Ford three window coupe, period. And it's not just because I own the car, it's because of the work that they did. It's a gorgeous chop, absolutely perfect. And uh, yeah, I love those guys. So would I, do I have any plans to work with them again on any future projects? Um, no immediate plans, but uh, I can tell you I would be very honored and privileged uh, to be able to do that in the future. I would like to do something with them in the future. I would really love to just, in a perfect world, I would love to build just one absolute knockout, like, show car like top tier car and uh and have east bay do it uh as far as the body and paint and all that stuff <clears throat> just because i would like to have one that's done that way uh that's not i don't have any immediate plans to do that just because that's not in the budget by any stretch unless i sell <laughs> three cars or something but uh yeah would i like to work with east bay again absolutely and uh i'm sure i will at some point i just don't know what it's going to be but uh, yeah, that's a conversation I've had with Brandon um, fairly recently. I, I would love to work with them again. They're, uh, they're amazing. So do I have any plans to work with them again on any future projects? Absolutely. I just don't know what it's going to be. All right. Let's fucking call it. It's, uh, it's 9 p.m. The time that I'm recording this. The sun's just going down over the beach. It's fucking beautiful. Sorry I didn't have a story to tell you guys this week. I did want to uh, at least give you something, so I figured it was a good opportunity to catch up on uh, some shit-talking, bullshitting, and uh, answer some Q&A questions that I hadn't gotten to. So on that subject, keep your questions, comments, topics coming in. I do try to address at least, you know, six, eight, ten per episode. And most importantly, keep your stories coming in. If you have a hot rod, or old car related story that's important to you in any way, please sit down, type it out, send it in jake at ironandsteel.com. I will share every story that I receive right here on this podcast. And if you include photos, I'll publish it on the website as an article as well. All right. Thank you guys again, sincerely for joining me uh, this week. Keep your stories coming in. Keep sharing the links. Keep telling your friends and family. And uh, let's keep this bad bitch going. All right, you guys, I'll talk to you all again in exactly seven days. Peace.